Wow. What a day one of USA's. Grand Fisher goes home, devastated. Cooper Tier going home, devastated. Woody Kincaid, holy moly, gets it done. Elise Cranny, whoo, smoked the final 300. Nia Aikens looking great. We break it all down next, but this is Supporters Club Only Podcast. We're going to give everyone the first 10 minutes on the men's 10,000 meters, but join today. Join the Supporters Club. You can save 25%. Use code CLUB25. Go to letsrun.com slash subscribe to join today and save 25%. You'll get daily podcast from USA's you can save in running shoes it's the greatest club in running Track and field fans that are up late, thank you for staying up late. Those of you listening via podcast on Friday morning, thank you for being the biggest, the best track and field fans in the world. As Let's Run.com supporters club members, if you want this as a podcast, join the supporters club now. Let's Run.com slash subscribe. Hopefully, there's not any problems. I'm on a $25 Chromebook tonight. But what a day one of USA's. A wild one. Five hours of prelims. I was thinking to myself, is it going to be worth it? Yes, it was. Grant home. Grant Fisher goes home devastated. Cooper Tier goes home devastated. And I'm, but I mean, by I mean devastated. No, they didn't just not win their heat. They both been. Grant Fisher was not in the top three in the ten thousand. Woody Kincaid wins it with a four hundred one sixty seven. Last mile. Grant Fisher fades to fourth as Sean McGordy gets him at the line. Cooper Tier was in the top three in his 1,500-meter prelim. He gets passed by Drew Hunter. Yes, folks, Drew Hunter still exists as a professional runner. Since Cooper Tier devas- home devastated. But if you think it's a terrible night for the for the Bowman Track Club, at least Cranny just blew the doors off Alicia Monson in the women's 10,000. Got the win there. What else? All thing Mo had a nice PB. Matthew Centrowitz is in the final of the men's 1500. Shakari Richardson has run a world leader. Nia Aikens looked amazing. And for some reason, Addie Wiley and Corey McGee were racing all out in the women's 1500 meter prelims. A lot to get down to. Weldon Johnson, my genetic called twin brother, genetic equal, is here up late despite having a newborn in the house. Weldon, thanks for being here. Good to be here. What a night, Robert. Like you said, they say the best for last. I mean, you had the 10,000 meter finals for last, but man, let's start with the men's 10,000 meters. I think we have to go there. Yep. And, you know, it was a tactical race like you would expect for most of it. Comes down to, you know, basically the last mile. Paul Telemo was, you know, the only three guys had the standard coming in Woody Kincaid, Joe Clacker, and Grant Fisher. Paul Telemo, who'd run 27 12. Was in dead last at the beginning. Then he moves up to the front. I kind of wanted Chalimo to make this team, to get it in the top three. But with three laps to go, Grant Fisher goes to the lead. And Chalimo didn't stick right on it. He was like running in the fifth or sixth. I wasn't ruling out him, though, kicking for third. But then, you know, I'm like, there's a gap between Fisher and everybody else. But 
about 500 meters to go, I see Klecker and them come start moving back towards Fisher. And I'm like, okay, Fisher's not winning this race. Woody Kincaid is too close. And I was watching with John Kellogg and he's like, but Fisher doesn't have to win the race. He only has to be top three. But a lap later, you can see it coming, 100 meters to go. Kincaid was going to blow these guys' doors off and win it. And Fisher was, I don't know if it was like a panic thing or what, but his teammate passes him before they get to the finish line. Now, Fisher still could go to World Worlds in the 10. McGordy is close on the world ranking. But the problem for Fisher is USATF will probably enter four no matter what. They always enter four. Fisher would be the alternate. Kincaid would get in. And then if these world cross country guys, I mean, not Kincaid, uh, McGordy would also be entered. And then if these world cross country guys don't enter, McGordy would definitely get in on, on ranking if he doesn't chase some time in Europe where he could still get in that way too. Yeah. So as it stands now, McGordy needs to improve his ranking to get in, but you can still chase the time. But let's talk about the race, Robert. I mean, you, you kind of went through it, but three laps to go. Fisher to the lead, pushes it 60.44, then 59.91 to get to the bell. And at that point, Robert, I don't know about you, but I'm like, this thing's over. Were you thinking just like me at that point? Because Fisher was at 27, 27, 23, and just one second behind him, 27, 28, 25, was Woody Kincaid. Woody Kincaid, his kick is legendary. We used to sort of doubt it. Oh, maybe he can't do it in a, I don't know, whatever the race is, whatever it is. No, he can do it any damn time. And I'm like, he's this close. This thing is over. This race is his. I mean, it's a weapon. And He's got something Grant Fisher doesn't have. And uh, I think we're starting to appreciate now the greatness of Woody Kincaid. He left the Merriman Track Club. He got the dominant win tonight. There was no question who was the best man in this race. It's a big win for, for, for Kincaid. And it's a big win for Mike Smith, too, right? I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly what the coaching situation is. We're hoping to be joined later in the show by Jonathan Galt, who's getting the interviews in Eugene, get the inside scoop. But I mean, I think that there's, it's interesting from someone who used to coach at the collegiate level, there can be a team dynamic. I mean, everyone sort of, you know, sometimes it's whether it's based on your, your high school accolades or your recruiting or how old you are. Someone's sort of the, viewed as the top dog and someone else is the second dog and et cetera. And I don't know if it's a psychological thing or not, but one time at Cornell, we had a guy go on leave and the second dog became the top dog. It was a much better runner. And I don't know if the coaching staff was catering things to Fisher or if it was just demoralizing for Kincaid to be beaten by Fisher a lot in practice, but going out on his own has clearly worked magically for him. And I guess he did beat Fisher when he was on the Bowerman Track Club at USA's. I think maybe even in the trials, which Jonathan Galt was here for that. So it, it, it's not that sh shocking in that, but I, I was thinking about this before the race well then and I was like, man, this weekend could really change things about Grant Fisher. Like when Jonathan Gall was writing the previews, he's like, I've got, I don't have Fisher winning either race. Am I stupid? I'm like, yes, based on talent level, you're stupid. But I was kind of thinking like, okay, this weekend, if Fisher just wipes the four of these guys, he's clearly better than them. 
But what if he doesn't? And we've seen that happen today. Like he's run incredibly fast. He's done better than these guys at Worlds. That for that's for sure, in terms of you know battling for medals. But this is this just going to be a lost year for Grant Fisher, or can he come back with a vengeance in the five thousands? There's going to be two Bowerman Track Club runners angry as hell in that five thousand. Will there be team tactics? What will be happen? I would think not, because Cooper Tier wants that. 5,000 to go slow as possible. Grant Fisher certainly doesn't want it to go slow. But what are the odds that Grant Fisher gets top three in the 5,000? I've certainly got him losing to Kincaid. I've got him losing to... Um, he beat Tulemo today, but in the 5,000? I'm not sure. I think it's possible he finishes outside the top three there as well. Well, after today, of course, Robert. I mean, like, he was pressing. But the 5 eight is going to be great. Chulimo is going to be motivated. Tier is going to be motivated. You know, you got newer. You got Kincaid, obviously, coming back. But, Robert, yeah. Kincaid did beat Fisher at the 2021 Olympic Trials. And Grant Fisher, well, I think now, I think I'm putting Woody Kincaid as, as the top American long distance runner right now. I mean, there's just no question in my mind. He's earned it. But until probably tonight, you could easily made the argument for Grant Fisher. And Grant Fisher, all his talent, he has one USATF title last year at 5,000 meters. So, I mean, I hate to say it because it's not like I'm a state school blue collar guy myself as a Princeton grad, but right. I mean, the knock on Grant Fisher would be, he's kind of stamper soft, right? I mean, despite the talent, how does he not win these races? So, you know, it'll be magical if he turns it around someday and gets a medal, but devastating for him today. Absolutely devastating. People want to chat in the live chat. Want to know if this improves the ranking? Not really, because your ranking is only determined by your best two ten thousands or maybe it's three and the majority of your ranking points come from the time you ran so um i would be shocked at this third place performance in 28 24 does does anything for joe for uh sean mcgordy's ranking so this isn't he, he needs to either go to europe and get him a tie and and to try to get a, you know, he could do a Roten gate, try to run faster, or he's pretty close on the rankings coming in, but hope that some of these guys turn down the world cross country spots. So, anyways, that was the women's 10,000, excuse me, the men's 10,000. And the women's 10,000, Alicia Monson went to the lead with, where was it, eight laps to go, John? If you want the rest of this podcast, you got to be a Supporters Club member. Join today at letsrun.com slash subscribe. Jonathan Galt joins the show, gives us the insights from Eugene. Use code CLUB25 to save 25% on your subscription for the first year. Let'srun.com slash subscribe.